In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. And as always, it's great to be with all of you. And I'm your host, Father Ed Broom, Oblate of the Virgin Mary. Great to be with all of you. And as always, we like to start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary is the Mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church, and Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. And we cry out to Mary in that beautiful prayer that we pray at the end of the rosary, and that prayer is the Hail Holy Queen. So let's uh, invite Mary, who's our life, our sweetness, and our hope to be with us to pray with us, to pray for us, and to accompany us on our journey to heaven. As we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and bless the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now I'd like to invite to be with us our spiritual director. Our spiritual director is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has many wonderful titles. Holy Spirit is known as the Paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known as the Gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of the soul. Holy Spirit is also known as our consoler. He's also known as our counselor. Holy Spirit is also known as the sanctifier. He who makes us holy. And of prime importance, the Holy Spirit is our interior master. Our interior master. St. Paul reminds us in these words, he says, we really don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say, Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So let's pray the classical prayer to the Holy Spirit and beg the Holy Spirit to give us a lot of light in our intellect, in the fire of love to burn within our hearts as we pray. As we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. 
Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. A Lady Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Francis Xavier, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. How true, my friends, the family that prays together stays together. And a world at prayer is a world at peace. So I'd like to encourage all of you by promising to pray for all of you. And I'll pray for all of you and your families, your intentions, and and the greatest of all prayers. The greatest of all prayers, my friends, is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. The holy sacrifice of the Mass is by far the greatest of all prayers in the whole world. So I'd like to place you on the altar in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Offering these specific intentions. First, I'd like to pray for all of us that we'll be open to the Holy Spirit. Indeed, our sanctification depends upon our union with the Holy Spirit known as the Sanctifier. So I'd like to place all of you on the altar and beg that we would be open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps this can be our prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My next intention, 
I'd like to pray in a special way for our families. I'd like to pray for our families. For our conversion, for our sanctification, and for our salvation. I'd like to repeat that. I'd like to pray for our families. For the conversion of our family members. For the sanctification, meaning our growth in holiness. And for our salvation. As Jesus says, what would it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? And also I'd like to pray, my friends, for those who will be dying this day. And there are those who are dying that are not well prepared. That they would turn their hearts to God and beg for mercy. Beg for mercy. Like the good thief who said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, Amen, I say to you, Amen, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. So I'd like to pray for the dying, especially those who are not well disposed, that through our prayers, they would have recourse to the infinite mercy of God. Amen. So my friends, today is Saturday. Saturday, my friends, is a day in which we want to honor, of course, the Blessed Virgin Mary. And actually, next Friday, my friends, will be the feast, the solemnity of the most sacred heart of Jesus. And next Saturday will actually be the feast day of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So I'm trying this month of June, which is dedicated to the most sacred heart of Jesus. I invite all of you to consecrate to consecrate your families to consecrate your families to the sacred heart of Jesus and to consecrate your families to the immaculate heart of Mary in the very heart of this month Month of June, my friends, we should be promoting far and wide. The month of June is the month of the most sacred heart of Jesus. We should have banners made far and wide throughout our country. The month of June is a month in which we honor the most sacred heart of Jesus.
Yesterday I was on TV for the uh, El Sembrador. And they asked me, Mujeres de Encuentro, they've asked me on their program quite frequently, they asked me to comment upon the saints who have devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. This is what I said. Who are those who are those who have the greatest devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus? And you see the connection I'm trying to make now between the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Those who had the greatest devotion to the most Sacred Heart of Jesus would be Mary Most Holy, the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Why is that the case? It's because the devotees of the Sacred Heart of Jesus has to be Mary first. Because Mary had Jesus within her womb for nine months. So Mary was forming the body of Christ within her womb for nine months. And not only that, but the most sacred heart of Jesus started to beat within the womb of Mary. And the sacred heart of Jesus was being formed by Mary herself. For that reason, my friends, there's no separation between the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. They're in harmony. They're united. The second person or saint I spoke about related to the saints and the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus would be St. Joseph. Because St. Joseph, who is the foster father of Jesus, would hold Jesus close to him and he would be, he could listen to the heartbeat of the child Jesus. A third person, and these are all biblical persons that had devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, would be the Apostle St. John. The Apostle St. John in books written on devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus is considered one of the devotees to the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus. There at the Last Supper, Jesus said, Love one another as I have loved you. Thereby giving his great commandment of love. St. John the Evangelist heard this. 
And of all the sentiments that can flow from the human heart, the sentiment of love is the greatest and the most noble of all the sentiments. Furthermore, there at the Last Supper, Jesus instituted the sacrament of holy of the Holy Eucharist as well as the sacrament of holy orders. But there in the context of the Last Supper, St. John, St. John leaned on the the breast of Christ. Therefore, St. John could hear the loving heartbeat of the Savior there at the Last Supper. For that reason, St. John the Evangelist is considered one of the principal devotees of the most sacred heart of Jesus. All that in the context of the of the Last Supper, which was actually the first Mass. Then, there on Good Friday, St. John the Evangelist is standing beneath the cross next to Mary Stavit Mater. And Jesus said to his beloved disciple who rested on his sacred heart at the Last Supper. He said, Woman, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. From that moment, the beloved disciple took Mary into his home which also means into his heart. Home has the literal translation and the spiritual translation, how we want to also invite Mary into our homes, into our hearts. But it's not finished with respect to St. John the Evangelist. Jesus, there at the Last Supper, I'm sorry, there on the cross, says, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. It is finished. Jesus breathes forth his spirit. And then, the soldier underneath the cross takes the lance and he pierces the side and the lance goes through the most sacred heart of Jesus from which blood and water comes gushing forth. Blood and water comes gushing forth. And the interpretation of this blood and water gushing forth is the birthday of the church, but also the water gushing forth is symbolic of two sacraments. The sacraments of holy baptism. Which transforms us into sons and daughters of God. Also the sacrament of confession 
which purifies our souls of sin. Then the blood that came gushing forth from the sacred heart of Jesus is symbolic, my friends, also of the Most Holy Eucharist. Then talking about saints who had devotion to the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus in the history of the Church, in my studio I have St. Margaret Mary Cook, and above I have the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus. St. Margaret Mary Cook in the 1600s, she was a visitation nun. Jesus appeared to her more than once. And he showed her his most sacred heart. And Jesus said to St. Margaret Mary Alacook, Behold the heart that loves so much. Behold the heart that loves so much and receives only ingratitude in return. Ingratitude and indifference in return. Console my heart. I've often asked this tricky question. What is the opposite of love? When he asks this question, what is the opposite of love, most people will say hate, and it's not that, not that you're wrong in that response. But it even say indifference, apathy. If I were to go into your home and you had a quarrel with me, it would be one thing. But if you just took me and locked me in the guest room, ignoring me, that'd be even more painful because you're not even recognizing my existence. So, my friends, right now I'm trying to kill two birds with one stone, making a brief commentary on June, which is the month of the most sacred heart of Jesus, which we celebrate next Friday. And a week from today, the church celebrates the Immaculate Heart of Mary. They said at the beginning of my commentary that the first devotee to the most sacred heart of Jesus is the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Mary who formed the sacred heart of Jesus within her womb for nine months. All right, my friends. Let's move now into the readings for the day. The reading for today are the following. This whole week, this whole week, the church has been presenting to us the book of Tobit, one of the wisdom books. And the book of Tobit we've been going through this week presents two pious, good individuals were afflicted by great suffering. 
The one would be Tobit himself. And the other one would be Sarah. Tobit is afflicted because, because of his good deeds. The fact that he was burying the dead, getting up from the table, leaving his meal, to practice a corporal work of mercy to bury the dead. He ends up by losing his eyesight, which he suffered this for several years. Whereas Sarah, a relative of the family of Tobit and Tobias, suffers unspeakable anguish because she feels called to the married life to marry and to raise a good family. And her prospect husbands, the wedding night, when they enter into the wedding chamber, these prospect husbands are are slain and murdered. One, two, three, all, as many as seven, by the devil Asmodeus. So Sarah, thinking about killing herself, decides not to do it because of her great love for her parents. Both Sarah and Tobit, in their mortal anguish, they lift up (coughs) their minds and their hearts. They lift up their minds and their hearts to God. And with these broken hearts, broken but fervent hearts, they offer a heart-rending prayer to God. And through the intercession of the Archangel Raphael, God decides that he will intervene and he will resolve the problem of these two individuals who are incredibly incredibly suffering because of this these afflictions it's true as Beverly points out it's a beautiful book it's a charming book so because of their fervent prayers God decides that he will intervene and often God will intervene indirectly through secondary causes. So God actually sends the Archangel Raphael to resolve the problems, serious problems of both Tobit and Sarah. And Raphael is one of the three archangels mentioned in the Bible. Michael, who is like unto God, Gabriel, power of God, Raphael, whose name means medicine of God, or God heals. So, God sends Raphael 
who accompanied Tobit's son, whose name is Tobias. And they travel along the way to the house of, of, of Sarah and her parents. Along the way, they, they catch a fish. When they enter the house of Sarah, whose last name is Raguel, they're warmly greeted. And Tobias asked for the hand of Sarah in marriage. The father says, let's sit down and eat first. Whereas Tobit says, no, I want the hand of Sarah in marriage. So they write out the documents. And the father of Sarah sits down with Tobias and says, look, I have to tell you something. I have to be honest with you. My daughter Sarah was scheduled to marry more than once. Actually, seven times. In the same wedding night, when her prospect husband went into the chamber with her, he was killed. Not once or twice, but actually seven times. So I just warn you beforehand. Now what is done is the fish gall is burnt. This is a type of exorcism. It's a type of exorcism. Expelling the bad spirit. Because it's been the bad spirit whose name is Asmodeus. Who's a devil. Who's intervened and slaying each one of those seven men. So that night, Sarah and Tobias, before consummating their marriage, they kneel down and they pray. How important it is for married couples to pray together. They pray. They pray fervently. They pray that God would bless their marriage. They mention to God that they're not marrying for lustful intentions. They're marrying so that they will be able to raise a family. That is their fervent prayer. And as a result of that, they're married. And the evil spirit is not able to touch them. So Sarah, after losing seven of her prospect husbands, God connects her with her true husband. So I'd like to make a comment on this. Many of you already have your families but many of you, do, your children are not married yet. It would be a good idea to pray that if your 
sons and daughters are called to the married life. That they would choose the right spouse. That they would choose the right spouse. That they would not simply choose according to a human natural criteria, but choose according to a supernatural criteria. It's very rare that you ever hear this, but you cho- they should choose the spouse that will help them to get to heaven and help their future children to get to heaven. That should be the primary criteria. This is related to principle and foundation. We are created to praise God, to reverence God, to serve God, and by means of that to save our souls. So I invite all of you who have children that are not married yet and are still young to pray to the Archangel St. Raphael that your children will choose the right spouse. Pray to St. Joseph that they would choose the right spouse. Pray to the Blessed Virgin Mary that they would choose the right spouse. Because that choice in life, that vocational choice of marriage is by far the most important choice. For me, it was to choose to become a priest. And this should not be done superficially. There should be very serious consideration before this decision is made. So the Archangel Raphael sent by God is able to resolve is able to resolve one problem and that is the marital problem of Sarah by uniting her in marriage to Tobias. But there's still another problem. The next problem is that Tobias's father, Tobit, is still suffering the plight of blindness. The plight of blindness. So once happily married, Tobias, accompanied by Sarah and Raphael, they travel back to their home. Upon arriving, Tobit, the blind father, rejoices that his son has returned safe and sound. However, He's still blind. Now, Raphael offers the solution to the blindness 
of Tobit. And it's the following. He tells Tobias to take the fish again. The fish which has been used to uh, expel the bad spirit in Sarah's house. That type of exorcism. Now he says to take this, the gall of the fish, and apply to the eyes. Apply to the eyes of his father. And here I have once again a, a statue of the Archangel Raphael I have in my studio, and he's actually carrying that fish to apply to the eyes of his blind father that fish, the fish gall. And what happens? What happens is the scales that were covering the eyes of the blind father, they fall. And the father is able to see. And the father is rejoicing. He's able to see his son and his beautiful wife, Sarah. The father rejoices. Finally, after several years, the scales has, have fallen from his eyes. He's able to see as clear as day. His son, daughter-in-law, his wife, and he rejoices. And he rejoices at the recovery of his sight. For that reason, my friends, the Archangel Raphael is not only the patron of travelers, he's not only the patron saint of courtships, He's not only the patron saint of marriages. He's not only the patron saint of exorcisms. He's not only the patron saint of purity. But also the Archangel Raphael. The Archangel Raphael is also the patron he is the patron saint of eyesight. Both Saint Lucy or Lucia, both Saint Lucy or Lucia, and the Archangel Raphael are both the patron saints of eyesight, of vision. A vision. Because he was instrumental in Tobit restoring, recovering his lost sight. Beautiful passage.
They honestly think, my friends, in the world in which we live, in which there are so many temptations out there, the world in which we live, in which we're bombarded by so many temptations, right and left, but especially through the social media, We should pray that through the intercession of the Archangel Raphael, that we would utilize, we would utilize our eyes for the honor and glory of God. Let's place our eyes under the protection of Mary, Most Holy, St. Joseph, but also of St. Raphael. May everything that enters into our eyes glorify and praise God. May our eyes contemplate the beauty of nature. The beauty of creation, my friends, points to the beauty of the Creator Himself. The heavens and the firmament proclaim the greatness of God. By seeing the sun rise in the morning, and the sun at midday, and the sun set in the evening, may our contemplation of this natural beauty in creation elevate our eyes, our minds, our hearts and our souls to the author of all beauty, and that's God himself. May we utilize Arise properly by reading and meditating the Word of God. Reading and meditating the Word of God. Steve Wood has written a 12-step program to overcome addiction to pornography. And one of the 12 steps in the program of uh, the Christian convert Steve Wood is he insists on the importance of reading, meditating, pondering. Reading, meditating, and pondering the Bible, the Word of God. And what Steve Wood says is the following. He gives this analogy. And I love it. I think you will too. Steve Wood says, what chlorine 
what chlorine is to a swimming pool. So is the word of God to our minds. Because chlorine is going to kill it's going to kill the bacteria in the pool. So is that chlorine is going to be killing, purifying the pool of, it, of impurities, so also the Word of God can cleanse and purify our mind of the, the smut that we allow to enter it by looking and viewing bad things, bad images. I love the idea. So let's utilize our minds to contemplate the beauty of God in nature as well as to ponder the word of God. It says that Mary, she pondered the word of God in her heart. Talking about the book of Tobit and the Archangel Raphael and he's a, he's a patroness of so many different things among which he's a patron. He's the patroness of of eyes. We're talking about ways in which we can honor God by the proper use of our eyes. Another would be Father Thomas Dubay of Happy Memory An excellent writer wrote Fire Within, Deep Prayer, Deep Conversion, Blessed are the Poor, Spiritual Direction, Spiritual Discernment, a Biblical Perspective, Prayer Primer, Father Thomas Dubay, a very prolific and excellent writer. This is one of the biblical passages that he would often quote. We're trying to apply this to the Archangel Raphael and the proper use of our eyes. And it's this. Look to the Lord and be radiant with joy. I love it, don't you? Look to the Lord, look to the Lord and be radiant with joy. One way, my friends, in which we can be looking to the Lord and be radiant with joy is to go to the church and to kneel down in front of the Blessed Sacrament, be it in the tabernacle or in the monstrance, and then to look and contemplate the Blessed Sacrament 
By the way, my friends, tomorrow is the feast day of Corpus Christi. That's right. Tomorrow is the feast day of Corpus Christi in which we we honor, we praise, we worship. We honor, we praise, and we worship the face of Christ truly present in the most blessed sacrament. For that reason we say, look, look to the Lord and be radiant with joy. Another way, my friends, in which we can honor in a very special way the Archangel Raphael and live out that beatitude, blessed are the pure of heart for they will see God. Here is the Archangel Raphael with the fish. Would be to have holy images in our homes. At the top of our talk today, we talked about ways in which we can honor the most sacred heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary whose feast day we celebrate next Friday, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and Saturday, the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Would be the enthronement in your homes of the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the Sacred Heart of Jesus. To enthrone these two hearts in your homes. Whenever we come in contact with a painting or picture or a statue of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the Sacred Heart of Jesus. By viewing that, by viewing these beautiful images that you can see in my studio here, we've got the Sacred Heart of Jesus. By doing that, our eyes, our minds, our hearts are elevated on high. So look to the Lord and be radiant with joy. Look to the Lord and be radiant with joy. So today, my friends, the church concludes this week's reading of the book of Tobit. And it's concluded as such. Tobit wants to show his gratitude toward Raphael and to give him a monetary gift. Raphael denies it. Raphael says, I do not want your money. But Raphael (coughs) attributes everything to God 
all the good has been done, the Archangel Raphael attributes all that to God himself. So the Archangel Raphael says, the only thing I want you to do is to bless God, to thank God, to worship God, to praise God. That's the only thing I want you to do. Attributing all the honor, glory to God himself, all good gifts, all good gifts descend on high from the author of all good gifts, and that is God himself. So the Archangel Raphael wants wants them, as well as us, wants them, as well as us, to do this one thing. To thank God for all the gifts that he's given to us. To bless God. To praise God. To worship God. To honor God. To love God with all of our hearts. That's what he wants of them and that's what God wants of us. And then he reveals himself as the Archangel Raphael, one of the seven spirits that stands before the throne of God. So this is not a human person, but was an archangel that took on the form of a body sent by God from heaven to help Sarah and Tobit and the families on earth. My friends, we can conclude with this, that we, not only do we have our guardian angels, Not only do we have our guardian angels, but we should pray often to our guardian angels. But we also have other angels to help us. And these are the Archangel Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. We're not alone. Let us pray, my friends, that we'll enter into more profound communion and contact with God's holy angels. Trusting that by their intercession, we will be able to go to heaven to praise God for all eternity. I invite you to share this conversation with many of your friends, that they'll get to know the presence and the power and the friendship of the Archangel Raphael. Share this with your friends. And I'd like to give you my priestly blessing. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.